Welcome to All The Gear But No Idea, the South Australian fishing podcast hosted by Rody and Diz. The boys will share their tall tales of the one that got away, as well as some regular segments they know all you fishing tragics will enjoy. of All The Gear But No Idea. We've got a fantastic guest this week, Dave Schofield from the Gulf Skin Divers, South Australia. And uh, Rody, it's lovely to join you online, of course, with all these COVID times. How are you going over there, mate? Yes, good, mate. I'm just uh, bunkering down in isolation. Had a, uh, yes. had a, little, had a little close contact. Uh, a couple of mates have had the, had the, uh, the crom. The Omnicrom, so I'm a, I'm a close contact this week. So, yes, we're distance, distancing podcasting again, Diz, which hopefully the audio quality is okay. Yes, we are hoping the audio quality is okay for the listeners out there. And we're also hoping that we don't talk over each other too much because, of course, we have been blessed with a good run of no COVID, but... Uh, we're back in these times, so let's get stuck into the oranges and lemons, Rody. And I'm going to just tick us off with an orange here that is fresh off the press, which is that the SA Angler article, which we have talked about briefly, has uh, we've been sent a little snippet, haven't we? Yes, it is. Uh, Brett Mensforth sent that through this afternoon, and I think that's actually uh, gone into shops as of today. Fantastic news. That's really good. So all the listeners out there, uh, if you're not an SA Angler reader, you should be an SA Angler reader and get your hands on the latest copy because you'll be able to find, uh, well, steer clear of Rody's ugly mug, but you'll be able to see my gorgeous-looking face along with our partners and you'll be able to have a good read about the Air Peninsula. Yeah, so Diz talking about our Streaky Bay and Port Lincoln trip and nice of them to even get you a photo of you in this time, Diz. <laughs> yeah, that was... That was nice of you, I thought, Rody, for you to this time actually send a photo that wasn't just yourself or what you've been <laughs> doing on our most recent trips. It was kind of you to share the love this time. And I believe you even made the contents page, Diz. <laughs> yeah, and so I should, right where I belong. So uh, I think the uh, the graphics department's sort of been a bit slacked out of there, so Angle and <laughs> not edit that out, but anyway. <laughs> Righto, Rody, will you tell us about your orange, mate? Uh, I am going to say, Diz, my orange was a great New Year's long weekend, Diz. I went away with a couple of our mates. Uh, we had a lot of success without you, so I think the probably the highlight was going diving for craze. Yes, no, it was a good a good photo with a fair bit of traction on the socials, I would have thought. It did, Diz. So, yeah, me, Jack and Pez went down with the scuba gear and we got the bag, which was good. And uh, there were heaps down there. We went out off Marion Bay, out that direction, onto a reef uh, off the boat. Uh, but, Dizzy, that was great. And that's certainly the most crayfish I've ever caught. Yes, no, well, I am looking forward to that cray to come uh, over, considering that... Uh, the old man Dave was nice enough to lend you a tank. <laughs> yeah, I, I dropped it off to Black Point on the way home. Back to him, mate. You're not getting any of it. Fair enough. Well, that probably leads in quite nicely to my lemon, which has been actually missing that camping trip. I was very much 
looking forward to New Year's. I'd organised the roster nicely down at work to make sure I could have a few days off so that we could be at uh, you know at an event we had, and then of course over to do some camping. But unfortunately, I was awaiting some uh, test results after we had a bit of a COVID scare at work, so missing out on camping and the long weekend adventures. Uh, I got a severe dose of FOMO, uh, and it wasn't wasn't great at all. Yes, I can imagine, Diz. And as a result of that sort of weekend, we went to a wedding and then camping, I've ended up in isolation. So that's my lemon. I'm getting a bit lonely in this prison. <laughs> but uh, I think I'm out. Sunday's my last day, so the end is near. Okay, yeah, so you're just ticking the days off one at a time? Yeah, look, I've been waiting for you to drop me off a little care package, maybe check on my welfare, but you only live around the corner. But anyway, I'm, uh, I'm surviving. Yeah, how is the chipping going? You're working on your chipping or you're working on your casting in your backyard, maybe? Yeah, I've been chipping a golf ball from end to end of the backyard. I've been doing a bit of cooking, bit of cleanup, you know, bit of this, bit of that. Fantastic, mate. And uh, no doubt you've been working on a few merch sales too because the hats are going well, aren't they? Yes, the grey caps, is. The grey caps are going absolute top guns. They're selling well. I sold a couple to our fellow campers over on the York Peninsula which was good, so get in contact if you'd like one of them. Yeah, no, they do look really good, and it's nice to have a new colour because I did get a massive amount of wear out of the the navy, but, um, you know, it's been probably a year or so since we've had those caps, do you think? Yeah, at least I reckon it is. We had them before Christmas last year. They're just just sort of starting to fade, so I was due for a new colour, and I'm sure there's plenty of listeners out there that would be in the same boat. Yeah, Dan Way was certainly one that needed a uh, a bit of colour. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely All right, Diz, I'm uh, going to crack this beer I've been looking at. I don't know if you've got one there. Yeah, no, you get into yours, mate. I was a bit... Uh, I did crack mine a little bit earlier, but uh, it's nice to be virtually having a frothy with you. Yeah, this takes us back to the first lockdown, really, doesn't it? It certainly does. But, uh, all right, Diz, let's keep it moving. So I'm going to give uh, a bit of a wrap of... I actually got out and did some fishing over Christmas, Diz, unlike you. I, uh, I, I might be hosting this show alone soon because it sounds like you've hung <laughs> up the rod and reel. <laughs> mate, I'm busy... I'm busy telling the 55,000 people that call the pharmacy every day that we don't have any rapid antigen tests. Yeah, can't you get an uh, answering machine to do that, mate? <laughs> no, nah, we're, we're a bit behind the times down at Christie's. Anyway, Diz, you've been missing out on the fishing, but I've been getting into it, so I'll give you a wrap-up of my Christmas New Year's fishing, just so you can take some notes, Diz. So we started off, uh, when was that? It was a couple of weeks ago, since our last record. It was just after Christmas. Uh, and went out on the hunt for some tuna off Victor Harbour, but they didn't play the game. It was that nice, I think it was a Thursday between Christmas and New Year. Plenty of boats out, but no fish. We did see one small school of tuna. That particular day, it sounded like the boats that launched off Cape Jarvis did well, but it was a common story at the boat ramp that no good off Victor. I think that might have changed a bit over the last week or so, but we'll touch on that in the fishing report, Diz. Yes, no, you have been getting amongst it, mate. That's pretty impressive. Uh, a pretty impressive few weeks you've had. Well, yeah, that first bit wasn't that impressive. I didn't catch anything, but uh, did get out. I think the next day, Diz went down to Happy Valley. Yes. You also turned me down on my invitation. Uh-huh. Uh And yes, got a mo so that was exciting, Diz. 
Yes. So you would have seen that on the socials. Nice little uh, Murray Cod off the uh, casting out towards the tower at Happy Valley. So what big was that, attempt number three. Uh, attempt number two. It took me. Uh, yeah, uh, look, the first one was a fail. Second one, I well, had some luck, Diz, which was nice. But it's a great facility down there, Diz. Uh, other successful fisher people there, and uh, what'd you catch it on in the end, mate? Uh, got on a little spinnerbait, Diz, little, uh, one of those ones that's got the spinner with the tail, the, uh, the soft plastic tail. So, uh, yeah, Diz, it was good, and it's a good facility. You'll have to get down there and have a look. Yes, right in the local area. I'll be glad to get down there and have a look one day. And it's nice and convenient. It's only probably 10 or 15 minutes from our houses, so we can get down there after work, before work, whatever it is. Uh-huh. What and else then, have you been up to, mate? Yeah, then we went over to York Peninsula, as we said, so I had two nights camping on, on a property down there and got out diving the first day, as I said, we got the bag, went out off Marion Bay, uh, headed out to a reef off Marion Bay, and yeah, it was bloody good fun, Diz. Calm water, only it wasn't that deep, five or six metres of water, good fun, caught plenty of cray, lots were just undersized, uh, and bloody hell, they look bigger underwater. Yes. Yeah, well, I remember when you were first doing some diving off KI and you were sort of like geez oh there's some big ones down there and you came up with what appeared to be a newborn crayfish yeah cut a little shrimp so um yes uh you can only imagine what some of those big addition tractors yeah the tractors, tractors they call them don't they Rudy? they do that's what us uh us keen crayfishmen call them tractors Yes. And then we finished off the weekend, blew up a little bit, went for a bit of protection in the Bay of Pondy, and did okay, Diz. We got four whiting, including a 48-centimetre kidney slapper that Amy pulled in, which was good to see. Oh, yeah. And I think we got a half-dozen squid. Not a bad little session there. Well, it was good, Diz, because we didn't actually really take any food on this camping trip. It was a bit of a last-minute job. There was some confusion about COVID. So we were severely under-catered for on the food front. So we basically ate crayfish the first night and whiting and squid the second night, Diz. So I was really living off the land. Well, you can't complain with that. And ever since then, I've been in bloody lockdown, so I can't go fishing now. Yeah, yeah, well, it serves you right, mate. You need a bit of a dose of it. You've been doing nothing but fishing. Anyone would think you don't work. Oh, I've been, well, I don't at the moment. I'm stuck here, mate. So uh, I've been waiting for you to come and pick up the boat and take it out, but it hasn't happened yet. I don't want to catch the crom off you, mate. You've probably been, <laughs> been spitting all your crom over the boat. I'm going to have that thing deep cleaned before I... I, I can push it out in the driveway for you if you like. <laughs> and I am negative twice, thank you very much. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that uh, does lead us into our next segment, Rody, where we are going to talk about the news. And I've left this predominantly up to you, which is quite rare for me because I normally do get heavily involved in the news segment. But uh, what can you tell us about the West Beach boat ramp, Rody? Diz, the West Beach boat ramp is open. I think it opened January 5th. So that... hallelujah. It's only taken about three months longer than... At least three months longer than what it was supposed to. Um, so they've inclu- the improvements include an extended ramp into deeper water and a new surface on the concrete. Okay. So about time that was finished, I would say. 
Yeah, oh, look, I think that'd be fair to say. Is there any sort of talk on them? They had some sort of sand trouble down there that way for a while, did they not? Yeah, well, they were dredging, I know that. I imagine that'd be an ongoing thing. I don't think that will have been fixed by this, but you never know. And I suppose the good thing is I did see some uh, pictures of, I think it was Warina and Kate Jarvis on that Thursday between Christmas and New Year. They were both absolutely chaos, and so was North Haven. So hopefully with this West Beach boat ramp now open, a few more people will head there and take some pressure off some of the other ramps. Yeah, it just relieves a bit of that pressure. So, no, we like that. We like that, Rody. Yes, That's very good, mate. What else have we got in the news this week? Uh, all right, Diz, we're going to talk a little bit about some funding. So this is ah. a, a federal funding, Diz. So the it's a, so I think it's a joint thing, sorry, between the Morrison and the Marshall government have uh, announced more than a dozen projects to encourage South Australians to get out and enjoy the natural environment and the regions. So $1.7 million will go to South Australian projects out of a total of 20 mil that was the Australian budget. So that's probably, we're not getting that much of it, are we? But you know, I suppose that's pro rata by a population. Uh, and the grants range from 30 grand to 200 grand. And there's been okay. 15 approved. Yeah, right. That's not too bad. So there's a list of them there on the PERSA website that they've um, announced that are so far approved projects. And it'd be silly of us to go through every single one, but we might as well pluck a few highlights out there. City of Victor Harbour in Counter Bay Channel. A couple of hundred grand going towards 12 new channel markers and bases for the Encounter Bay Channel. Yeah, that's Which true. will allow safe access from the Bluff Boat Ramp out into the big southern ocean where the Bluefin run, Rody. Yeah, and they're also putting a toilet in at the Bluff, Diz. Yes, they are. That's another little and nice a, feature out of them. And a toilet block out at Murtho. We've launched there a few times at Murtho out past Renmark, Diz. So that's good. Yes, yes, we have. And another place where we've launched our boat a few times has been Point Turton. So there's some groin access upgrade works happening there. Yeah, actually lots of toilets now I look at it. So Bordertown Lake's getting a new toilet. Emu Bay's getting a new toilet. Port Broughton's getting some new toilets. So it's plenty of toilets, Tiz. Good time to get in the toilet game, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon we could, uh, we could set up a few boat ramp toilets. Okay. So Cape Jarvis boat ramps get some work too, though, Diz, and that that was one of those ramps I said copped a lot of heat sort of over Christmas, New Year. So that'd be good. I think that was down to one one lane over over Christmas. So mm. hopefully that sorts that out, Diz. Yes, fantastic. Well, look, we can't complain about any funding coming in to improve the state's uh, recreational activities, whether that be camping, fishing, or adventuring, but. It's nice to see some specific ones there for some of the regions that we do enjoy, Rody. Yeah, it sounds like a bit of a uh, bit of a BCF ad, really, doesn't it? It does sound like a BCF. Boating, camping, fishing. Ad. Here's some more funds. That's what the article said. I wonder if BCF sort of chipped in a bit of coin on that. Oh, they might have. They might have. All right, Diz. Next one we have here is this. Uh, when we started this podcast, I never thought we would be talking so much about the seaweed industry, but here we are. Uh, an, oh, international, yeah, an international company, CH4, has set up a market development hub at the South Australian Aquatic Services Sciences Centre at West Beach. 
Yes. So they're going to grow, test, analyse and uh, process and manufacture commercial grade seaweed products. So it's all about researching how they can do that best. Uh, and it says here it's a $140 million industry, it is, and 1,200 local jobs. Yeah, well, a lot of seaweed-based products get added into herbal supplements. And we did talk at one stage about there being some seaweed harvesting happening over on the York Peninsula, which was approved. Yes, that was. Um, so there is, there is a number of projects that have been sort of bubbling away, and this only really leads to somebody like this company sort of coming in and wanting to take advantage of that industry as it continues to grow. And I'm sure we'll see some innovation there, already. Yeah, so the CEO of this CH4 mob actually grew up in South Australia and now lives over in the States at Silicon Valley. Oh, that's the tech capital of the world, is it not? Yeah, so who would have known that seaweed can take you to Silicon Valley? Yeah, I know. Unbelievable. And I've actually been in uh, I've been in contact with this bloke, Diz. His name's uh, Dr. Steve Meller. And I've been just doing a little bit of my own research to see whether this... Uh, this seaweed that reduces methane emission emissions from cattle and sheep, whether that can be uh, they can make some sort of substitute that that you can use. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny you say that because I have also been in touch with the oh, CEO, here we go. and he is in the process of developing a very specialised product that you can rub onto your forehead, where it actually grows some follicles and. He has humbly suggested that you might be a good candidate given you are so strongly receding. This just turned into a real slinging match when we're in separate rooms, hasn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, the seaweed industry is going to continue to bamboozle us in the ways that seaweed is utilised because, uh, yeah, I'm not sure we saw this coming. No, we didn't, Diz. And that's it for the news today, Diz. Yes, no, very good, Rody, and uh, a, a sort of brief news session. But I think we did discuss this the other day that certainly over Christmas time things start to slow down a bit in that regard. But it's been lucky that you have been out doing your bit for the podcast and getting some fishing, so the listeners have got something to hear. But what they are going to be very happy to be hearing is our next guest. Dave Schofield, let's get him on the line. Hopefully I can get this uh, conference call up and running you, Diz. All right, Diz, we are very lucky to have our guest for tonight, Dave Schofield. He is the president of the Gulf Skin Divers Club. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. It's fantastic to have you on the show. And um, we do this with all of our guests, ask the first five questions, and we're really looking forward to getting stuck into some of the other things you've been up to recently. But tell us about your best fish, Dave. Best fish straight off the bat. Um, okay, uh, I, I did spear the the, the second ever um, hundred kilo plus southern bluefin tuna. Um, yeah, off the off Cape Gaffer quite a few years ago. That's um, very impressive. So that would be that would be that would be right up there. Um, probably probably one of the definitely one of the most memorable. I would say. Can so, you tell us a bit about the story of that? Uh, basically, yeah, just an unreal run of um, big, big, big barrels down the down the southeast, and um, and yeah, we, we we decided to bite the bullet, and me and me and a couple of mates, um, and we, we took a boat down there, and and went out. Nobody ever targeted, you know, 
100 kilo southern bluefin in, in Florida. I had targeted them, but hadn't been successful targeting them in Australia, and certainly nobody would target them in South Australia. Um, and yeah, we went out there, and it was all it was all happening. We spent a spent a whole day dragging lures around, and, and you know, with the intention of when we hook a fish, we'll, we'll jump in the water and try to spear one, basically, because we know they're there. And um, wasted the whole day and didn't get a hit, and there was whales and dolphins, the birds feeding. All, all the action was happening, but just didn't seem to be fish there. And on the on the afternoon of the second day of doing that, we we decided, look, we have to we have to just jump in the water on one of these bus stops and um, and just just make sure that it's not actually fish pushing, you know, <laughs> fish yeah. feeding under under all this action, but they're just not feeding. And yeah. Um, and yeah, we we. The three of us, uh, my mate Sam and my mate Shane, um, the three of us jumped in the water and we just just met with just a, the most amazing wall of um, you know 100 to 150 kilo bluefin tuna that made just a, a memory that's stuck in my brain forever now. How many big tuna were there, Dave? So, sorry, mate. How many big tuna were there? Oh, hundreds. Oh wow! Like, like it was, it was, it was just yeah. It was unbelievable. Just, yeah, just wow. hundreds and hundreds of fish, and they just for the for two or three minutes, they were just it was just hundred kilo fish just passing us, and it was yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, wow, that would have been unbelievable to see that. It's the kind of stuff you see on National Geographic and all that kind of thing, but you've done it in real life, mate. That's unbelievable. Yeah, well, that's that's sort of that's sort of what it felt like. But, um, yeah, yeah, that that would have to be have to be the most the most memorable time, and um, and yeah, it was lucky to lucky to put a put a spear into a hundred and fifty kilo one, and um, and yeah, we were eating eating pretty well for for six months after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, tell us what's your favourite thing about fishing, mate. Favourite thing about fishing, um, oh, definitely eating eating what you eating what you catch. Um, I'm, you know, I, I am a big fan of catch and release and, and all of that, but um, you know, nothing beats a, a meal of meal sitting down, eating what you've eating what you just caught, and sharing it with friends and family. Um, and just the probably, probably a close second would be would be seeing other people. Like you know, once you've done a lot of fishing and, and experienced a lot of stuff, taking other people out there and, and showing them what you've learned and, and watching them, you know catch their first fish or spear their first fish or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's very rewarding to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always good when, you know, sometimes you'll take people out who have never done any fishing at all and they just have got no idea about anything and you can sort of teach them the ropes and get them into it a bit. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, Dave... Tell us about your first fishing memory or what got you into it in the first place. Um, my my family used to always travel probably monthly. We used to travel from, like, I grew up in the Adelaide foothills um, and every month or so we didn't have very much money. Uh, so we had to basically, you know, scrounge up a feed and, and all of that. So we, every every month or so, my dad would finish early from work on the Friday and we'd drive over to... Gabawi, um, and myself, I'm from a quite a big family, um, 
all the all the troops would get in the van and, and we'd go over to go over to Cowie and, uh, and go fishing off Port Charles Jetty for, for Tommies. The Tommies were quite good at uh, Port Charles at the time. I'm not mm. sure whether they still are. I've been there for quite a few years now. Mm. Um, but yeah, we used to go there and, and basically catch enough fish to feed us. You know, not not every night, but feed feed quite a few of us for, for quite a few nights over the next month. And um, once we run out, we'd we'd head back over there and do it again. And, and yeah, it was almost certainly that that started a, a fairly heavy fishing addiction for myself. And Dave, how did you then go from fishing with a rod and reel to getting into the spearing side of things? Um, my granddad, so my mum's my mum's dad was was always quite um, quite into his spear fishing. He was he grew up over in well he didn't grow up but he lived for a long time over in Western Australia. And um, and spear fishing over there is quite a quite a large scene and and um, yeah and I was just from a very young age quite quite obsessed with all the all the gear and stuff that went with the diving and the and the you know the spear fishing guns and all that sort of stuff. My dad my dad got into it a little bit as well um, and yeah I uh, I just I couldn't wait to be old enough. I used to beg my parents to let me buy a spear gun. I had to wait until I was twelve years old before they finally put one in the hands. <laughs> Um, yeah, and never looked back from there, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, fantastic. And, and um, I guess this is probably uh, an easy one for you to answer. But your your favourite sort of fishing, Dave? Yeah. Um, there's two answers to this. Definitely spear fishing would be first and foremost. Um, you know, it's definitely the first one that comes to mind. It's my passion and, and it's what I do the most of. Um, mainly due to its, its selective nature. I love the fact that I can go out for a dive and, and you, know, you might go out for a six-hour dive and, and you know, take a couple of fish to the table and it's a good dive. But you, you, know, you might have a seal swim up to you, you might swim with dolphins. Um, you know, it's, just, it's just the whole experience of being out there and you know, a good dive, you go out and, and you, know, you might take a cray and, and see one or two fish to the table and, and you know, that's, that's, that's what I love about spearfishing. Um, I'm, I'm also a little bit, <coughs> little bit partial to, um, to dropping big baits and, and catching sharks and stingrays. I've always, always really enjoyed the, the thrill of um, you know, catching, a, catching a bronze whale or, or an eagle ray off a local, local jetty back in the back in your ladder and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, that would be a close second be chasing the, chasing the big sharks and rays as well. Yeah, they're always good fun to get them pulling a bit of line for sure. Now, Dave, yeah, great fun. tell yeah. us your funniest fishing story or the one that got away. <laughs> uh, I, I only... I, I only just started thinking about this about half an hour before you called, so I haven't had haven't had much time to come up with one. But the one the one that did come to mind straight away was um, probably two years ago. I was on on Kangaroo Island um, for a spear fishing competition with with some mates, and and they had a they had a pretty unfortunate day where they they actually sunk a boat and luckily got got towed back in by some by some helpful locals. And all of that, and these people had had a had a shocker of a day and. And earlier in that day, I'd gone out for a dive and, and I'd shot a dusky moorwong. So a dusky moorwong or a strongy, yeah. not a highly regarded <laughs> eating fish, but I actually don't mind them. So, you know, I, 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 came, I came in that day off the, off the beach of Eby Bay and I'd shot this dusky moorwong, it was about two kilos. And, um, and all the boys were there in the house at the beachfront 
feet front house there at Emu Bay and they all they all ripped into me about shooting this dusty wall. I'm like, what are you shooting that for? And blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, I actually don't mind eating them. Like, they're, they're good eating. I needed something for dinner tonight. And, and uh, anyway, so to cut a long story short, they, they went out that day and or the day after it actually was and um, and sunk their boat and ended up getting back in getting getting back in pretty late. And I said, look, look, guys, don't worry. I'm gonna I'm gonna look after you. I'm gonna cook you up dinner tonight. And I actually cooked it up for them and fed them this dusky moorlong that they that they grabbed on me um, for shooting the day before. And they were all sitting around the table raving about it, how good it was eating. And I waited until they all finished before I actually told them what they'd eaten. And uh, yeah, it's a. I, I find that one interesting just because it, it goes to show that you know, there's a lot of um, lot of misconceptions about what good fish and bad fish and all that sort of stuff. And and my personal opinion is that all fish is good eating if you know how to take, know how to cook it, and um, and we should be spreading our take over um, a larger um, variety of species rather than just your your basic, you know, all the normal stuff that everyone targets. So. Yeah, that's interesting, Dave. I was out scuba diving for some crayfish over at Marion Bay last week, and there were plenty of uh, strongies down there. So I, uh, I yeah. obviously you can't spear when you're scuba diving, but I certainly let them swim past. And I think if I was spear fishing, would have let them swim past too. But now you tell me yeah. that it might be worth a try at some point. It's worth it's worth trying. Like it's, it's you got to you got to know how to look after it and all that. But they're not they're certainly edible. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, fantastic, Dave. Um, let's uh, move on from those five questions now because we're really keen to hear. Tell us a bit more about the club and everything that you get up to within the club. It's obviously something you do with a bunch of mates. We've heard a bit about that already, but tell us what you could expect being a member of the Gold Skin Divers. Yeah, so basically Gold Skin Divers, um, you know, Spearfishing is a very social sport. It's something that you, we don't recommend people do on their own. Um, it's usually best to find a, find people to go and do it with. Um, there's, there's obviously inherent safety risks with diving alone, with shallow water blackout, and all these sorts of risks that come with the come with the sport. Um, so, golf skin divers first and foremost is an awesome place to meet other people that are into spearfishing and free diving, um, and and the you know. It's quite rewarding for me to see the, the friendship groups that have been formed since I, we started the club in 2018. Um, and, uh, yeah, seeing, seeing the groups of groups of people that have, that have gotten together and, and dive regularly together safely and responsibly and sustainably um, from, from, you know, starting meeting in the club, um, that, that, that's, that's a really good thing. Um, I think the, you know, what you'd expect... Joining the club, apart from the social aspects, it's you, it fast tracks your learning curve so much. Being a part of a, a club, like you, you learn the right way of doing things. You learn instead of just just grabbing a spear gun off the shelf and going out and shooting everything you see, which you know some people unfortunately do. Um, the club teaches people the, the right way to um, you know, responsibly spearfish and do it in a, in a safe and sustainable way with friends and, um, and yeah, essentially limit your kill, don't kill your limit, and all that sort of all that sort of stuff. So, um, and we do we try to hold a monthly monthly event. So whether it's a spearfishing competition, we run a couple of competitions per year, but we also run a, a, a social competition each year where you, you know, we've got the time. Um, ten species and 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 um, 
Yeah, and that's sort of like a year-long spe- year long species competition where whoever shoots the biggest of each species gets points and, and so on and so forth, which is really interesting. Um, yeah, so it's, a, it's just it's a social scene and, and a great way for people to learn about spearfishing and, and meet other like-minded people, essentially. Yeah, nice. I'm sure uh, everyone can agree the social side of fishing is a big part of it, whether you're fishing with a rod and reel or spearfishing or whatever it is. So it's great to uh, meet like-minded people for sure. Yeah, definitely. Now, we've just had a look. You're coming up to your state spearfishing titles over at Kangaroo Island. I think that's coming up this weekend, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, can you tell us about that day? Tomorrow and, and Sunday, yeah. When are you heading over? What's the plan? You're going to Western River Cove and Cape Cassini, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Can yes, you tell us yes, about yes, the weekend? Day. When do you head over? What are you likely to target over there? Tell us a bit about it. Yeah, so basically, um, a state spearfishing competition's got a, a set species list, so you have to shoot species that are that are, um, that are on the list. Um, you're not allowed to... You're not allowed to shoot duskies or strongies or you know any of those sorts of fish that um that most people aren't going to um use so we try to keep a species list as desirable um you know good eating quality fish and and sustainable obviously staying within bag limits and all that sort of stuff um spearfishing competitions you in, in australia we only allow um one fish per species to be presented for weighing so you can't just go out, go swimming off the beach and see a school of salmon, for example, and, and just, you know, go hell for leather and, and, and shoot a whole bunch of them. You're only ever going to get points for one of them. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, it's quite, it is quite, you know, you you're not just going out there and shooting everything. It's, it's, it's quite targeted and, um, and it, it teaches people how to target different species. So there's a lot of ledge fish that live under rocks and, you, know, you target whiting and flathead in different areas to what you target, um, you know, a, a, a salmon or a red snapper or, you know, a, all, all those sorts of species, so, or a queen snapper, um, for example. So um, it teaches, teaches people the ways, and often at the weigh-in, you'll you get people going, oh, you know, what, sort of, what sort of area do you, do you get that fish? Because you see you dove the same area as that person and, and they came in with all these all these different species that you didn't even see and it's like so so you're learning how to learning how to find and target different species as part of your spearfishing. Yeah, and can you tell us, Dave, what's the what's the hardest species to target in one of these competitions? What's the one that everyone wants to get? Uh, that's an interesting question. Um I oh, it's hard to say. Um Personally, for me, I, I love targeting. Um, I love targeting rockling. Yeah, I find them delicious eating. They're they're hard to find. Um, they're reasonably easy to shoot once you find them, but you've got to check a lot of holes and, and swim under a lot of ledges before you're using a torch. Usually, you find them using a torch under under ledges in, in holes and cracks and stuff like that. So, personally, for me, I would consider a rockling quite a quite a prestigious species in a in a um, state spearfishing titles in South Australia. Um, but other than that, you know, red, a red snapper, um, queen snapper, any of those sorts of fish yeah. that, that line fishes highly value as well, yeah, um, are, are quite quite highly regarded in the, in the spearfishing scene. Fantastic, Dave. And um, what sort of numbers do you think you'll get at the uh, at the state titles? And um, 
people sort of drag their boats down and everything in big crews, that kind of thing, or what? How's it all work? Yeah, well, it's a it's a shore diving competition only, so everyone okay, has to yep. start from the same spot on the shore. But a lot of people do take their boats over to the island. It's, again, it's a social thing, so people might dive from boats in the lead up to the competition, um, socially, and, and after the competition, go out go out chasing tuna or something like that off the off the north or south coast. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a shore dive, shore shore based comp, and um, hopefully, you know, we, we sort of. Hope to get twenty to twenty to thirty competitors is a is a you know reasonably reasonably average turnout. Yeah, and are you over there now, Dave? I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm actually over in um, over in Victoria at the moment. I, I work in Abalone Bison's over in Victoria, so I, I had to had to duck over here today to to work a little bit of weather. Um, so I've been been under the water diving all day today. <laughs> so um, you're you're not competing, so, uh, is that right? Sorry, mate. You're not. You're not competing this weekend. Unfortunately, I'm not. Oh, no, I'm missing it's, out. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a. It's a bit of a bit of a shame when I have to miss it. Yeah. I, I love. I love getting over there and, uh, and stirring the boys up and having a crack myself. And but, have you had much uh, success in the state comps before? Sorry, mate. Have you had much success? What's your best finish? Yeah, I've done okay in the state comp, so um, yeah, I have won it a couple of times. <laughs> Thought you might have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I normally, I know, I normally aim for a podium finish, but yeah. um, this year I'll have to uh, have to be, be watching my news feed and waiting for the results. <laughs> there might be a few happy people there, Dave, who were hoping you weren't going to rock up so you couldn't pinch the title off them. Yeah, there might there might be a couple. There might be a couple. <laughs> <laughs> nah, hope, hope whoever hope whoever wins it, um, you know, dives hard, and, and I'm sure I'm sure it'll be well deserved. It's always a always a hotly contested competition, so um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see who comes out with the win. Yeah, excellent, Dave. And um, you mentioned you ducked over to Victoria and you've been diving all day. So tell us, that's that's the day job. That's what you you do for a living, or yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, I'm an abalone diver um, or a commercial diver, um, and yeah, dive for dive for abalone over in Victoria, and I and I deck land an abalone boat over in South Australia as well. Um, so that's basically my my day to day. But luckily, with with abalone work, you're very reliant on weather and, and all of that. So um, you, know, you do get do get days off to be able to go and go and do a bit of social diving on the side as well. So, and Dave, tell us, between your spearfishing and your abalone, abalone diving, you must have seen some big sharks down there. Yeah, I have. Um, I've only ever seen one white. Okay, yeah. Luckily, yep. touch wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that something you think about, yeah. though? And that was, that was spearfishing off York Peninsula. I was spearfishing probably 10, 12 years ago with a friend. We were about a kilometre offshore and... And um, on a, on a shore dive, we'd swim out from shore to a reef. We used to dive quite regularly. We used to get big, big King, King George whiting and, and snapper on this reef. Yeah. And um, and yeah, we we, we uh, yeah had a about eight meters of water. Had a had a big pointer swim, swim underneath us, and we uh, yeah hightailed it back into shore. But it was about a 20, 25 minute swim back in, <laughs> sort of looking over our shoulder the whole time. It wasn't a wasn't a great feeling, but yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, um, sorry, go on. W- w- wouldn't have been a very nice swim back to shore. No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, these, these days, I'd, I'd much prefer having a boat nearby. <laughs> yeah. 
Fair enough. Um, and Dave, do you do you get out with the rod and reel much, or are you just basically you know in between work every opportunity you get you'll you'll go for a spear dive or what? Yeah, no, I, no, I do, I do, do fish a bit with rod and reel more so, um, more so with family. If, if family want to head out, like I've, I've got, I've got my boat back home, and um, you know, family want to head out fishing or, or any of that sort of stuff. None, none of them are really into the spear fishing scene. So, I'll, um, I live down on the Fleurier Peninsula, so we'll quite often throw the boat in off, um, off Cape Jervis and, and head out to the to Saunders or somewhere like that and have a have a line fish and and yeah i i'll usually crack a beer and, and sit back and watch them do it but yeah <laughs> no, that's sometimes the way to do it dave <laughs> all right mate thanks a lot for coming on the show thanks for giving up your time and uh teaching us a bit about the spearfishing side of things here in south australia and we will be keeping a close eye on facebook and all that over the weekend to see some of the great fish that are caught over on ki no worries, guys. Thanks heaps for chatting to me. And, um, yeah, if anyone wants to wants to get more into the spearfishing, feel free to reach out to, to Golf Skin Dogs. Fantastic, Dave. Thanks again for your time. And, we'll uh, yeah, we'll keep up to date with what's going on. Cheers. Awesome, guys. Thanks for the chat. Thanks, Dave. Great to chat with Dave, wasn't it, Rody? Yes, it was, Tiz. Uh, I'm intrigued by spearfishing. Yes, no, I, I, uh, I must say it's... Uh, when he was telling the story about the tuna he got, that would have been a serious sight. Yeah, having done a little bit of scuba diving, obviously you can't use a spear gun when you're scuba diving because that would be like shooting fish in a barrel. But it does show you that there are a lot of fish out there, including the uh, big strongy out on this reef that uh, was a big one. But uh, it would be good fun, I reckon. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And there'd be a real, like he was saying, there'd be a real art to it. Yeah, I'm not sure Lucy and Shads would let us use spear guns, though. We might shoot each other. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, you're that kind of bloke. <laughs> All right, Diz, let's, uh, let's keep it... Oh, we've lost Diz. He's... I don't know where he's gone. <laughs> let's keep it moving, Diz, and let's get into the fishing report. While you've been stuck at work, I'm sure you've been keeping a close eye on where they've been biting. And what do you got for us? Yeah, look, I have, Rody. Uh, as uh, basically, when you're not fishing, you're looking up where the fish are biting. So we have been doing that, and there's definitely been some reports of tuna coming through. Um, they sort of feel like they're heating up, don't they? Yeah, did certainly. As I said the other day when I went out there, um, they weren't getting it at Victor. We did see one small school. Um, and they were getting them at Cape Jarvis, but it sounds like they've now moved in to victim in a bigger way. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the charter operators are really starting to promote their days out, and if you haven't been out and you can't get out there in your own boat, it's certainly a good way to see if you can, can't get onto, onto one. But, um, yeah, you can't help but feel like they're getting there. They're just starting to get bits, a bit thicker in numbers, and, of course, it's, it's only about a month now before the... The tuna comp uh, down there, Brody. I think it's the first weekend in February or something like that. So that'll be here before we know it. And we certainly hope they're firing by then. Yes, yeah, certainly did. But I wouldn't say they've been big tuna so far, have they? No, I reckon a lot of the photos that I've seen have been just real, genuine, what they call jelly beans, just tiny tuna. But, uh, you know, it usually does happen that way, doesn't it? They normally get the small ones 
coming through first and then the, some of the bigger additions start creeping in. Yeah, so hopefully we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, the thing is maybe Sunday's looking okay, so hopefully a few boats get out there and get into them, and then when I come out of this bloody isolation, I know where to go. Yes, absolutely, Rody. That sounds like a plan. And the next uh, bit in our report is, of course, the Murray Cod that's been firing at Happy Valley, and you'd be better off to talk about this. So what's, what's happening down there, mate? Certainly I got down there twice over sort of the Christmas, New Year's period, and... The first day I went there, these couple other blokes did really well. One bloke was cleaning up on the cheese. Another one was using a little soft plastic and both caught a couple of cod in a little hour session that I was down there. I had no luck that day. Uh, I went back again and caught one. The second time I went back, no one else seemed to be having that much luck. There always seems to be a heap of people crowding around that tower that you see in all the photos. So that seems to be a popular spot to fish. Um, certainly a few of the kayaks are getting fish. You see them fighting fish. You see them, uh, you know, releasing fish. They seem to sort of trawl around the back of the, uh, tower and then, uh, along the, along the rock wall as well, the dam wall. Um, and then there's people sort of scattered along the, uh, along the, along the, uh, reservoir apart from that. But that does seem to be the hot spot where people tend to congregate. Yeah, okay. Well, it'll be interesting, won't it, to sort of see how their their patterns of feeding change over time, whether they whether they cotton on to all these lures that they're swallowing and whatnot, and then they get a bit wised up to it all. You never know, do you? Well, I was talking to the ranger down there uh, one of these days, Diz, and he sort of suggested that, saying that they were bloody hot that first weekend, which was when I think Dan got about 12, uh, and he seems to think they are getting a little bit lure shy. Uh, but they were certainly still hitting lures when I was there. Um, I'm sure they'll continue to wise up over the next few uh, weeks or months. Yeah, no, it'll be good. It'll be good to see them grow as well. It will, Diz. And they've also been getting a few uh, a few fish at some of the other reservoirs around the state. Probably not as many cod, but plenty of redfin and other species, which is great as well, Diz. So it's not just Happy Valley you can fish at. Yeah, they're good options for those windy days or if you, just, if you do live... If you're lucky enough to live close to one, you can just nip down after work for a quick fish. And sometimes when you go on these fishing trips, when you're going away, they're a big mission and you need a day or a couple of days or even longer. But uh, the reservoir scene is it's really good to see them to see them stocking, see people catching fish. It's just a it's a great another option for people. Yes, it is. It certainly is. Let's uh, let's. Keep moving, Diz. The other sort of species I was hearing a bit about when I was over at York's was the Nanagai, Diz. And they're, they're thick out of the Althorps, they reckon. Oh, they're going hard, are they? That's certainly the word on the street. I saw a few photos of plenty of fish getting caught out there. Wasn't good enough weather for us to get out there. I think the, the day that was the peak, we went diving um, and the next day was a bit blowy. But nothing like a good feed of Nanagai. Oh, yeah, no... Seen a few of those big uh, eskies full of those lovely, lovely nannies. Good on, good chewing. They certainly are, dears. And certainly we weren't the only ones getting crayfish in that part of the world, sort of around Marion Bay, Pondy, and again out at Althorps. Sounds like there were uh, plenty of lobster getting caught, dears, just in time for Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, people getting amongst them, make sure they've got a good feed of seafood on the table for Christmas. We love seeing that. We do, Diz. And uh, any other fish? Has your old man been out at York's? Any any reports for us? No, no, I don't 
think he has been out too much, Rody. They've been coming back and forth a bit and setting up the setting up the place over there. But he did take a bit of a trip down to Windara just to have a poke around down there off. Uh, off our Drossen, Rogues Point, yeah. Check, check out the reef on the sounder and drop a few baits over. No such joy, but yep. I'm not sure it was a... I think it was more just a bit of a... A ...in the boat, but um, yeah, no. Nah. Other than that, it's uh, people are just doing their bit in the summer holidays, having a good time, all the rest of it. And probably the other one I've seen a bit of is the uh, Blue Swimmer Crabs, Diz. Oh, yeah, they, they go hard at this time of year. Unfortunately, I'm allergic to them, but uh, always good fun to get a feed of them. They're good uh, good chewing. I saw Shane Mensforth did well, and he cooked up a, uh, was a it was some sort of Asian crab dish, which looked bloody good. Yeah, no, they did. They looked really good. So, uh, yeah, really plenty good. of blue swimmer crabs, and this is probably the prime time we're coming into for them. Yeah, they're a good summer sport, those blue swimmers. All right, dears, but once I get out of ISO, I'll have a bit more for you on the fishing report. Well done, mate. We look forward to that. We look forward to getting into the into the fishing in a big way. We do, dears. All right. Summer's ticking. It's tick, tick, tick. you got a baby on the way. You've got to get out and get oh, into one. No, goodness me. Uh, all right, dears. That's it for the fishing report. Now, what uh, what else can people do to get in contact with us? Well, you got to you just jump online, don't you? I mean, it's basically uh, if you're catching fish, you should be tagging all the gear and... Uh, Get around it on the socials, but also just you know we've added another added another way to get in touch with us or keep up to date with our latest adventures, and of course that is the SA Angler article we touched on earlier, Rody. It's a good read, isn't it? We we uh, it is a good read, Diz, and I did give the uh, give Shane and Brett Mensforth a bit of a warning that we're you know we're sure to sell big uh, big numbers of magazines this month, so I think they've uh, they've made plenty of stock this month. They knew it was going to be a big one. Well, when I well, after we got in the first one, and I went down to the local news agent, so I bought four copies. He's sort of <laughs> a bit funny about buying four copies. Uh, I'm not sure I'll do, do that this time, but I might go down and get my hands on a couple. And now that you're a published order, do you start like signing the caps you give out to people, or? Yeah, I do. I, it, it, it's starting to get a bit difficult when I get stopped in the street, but. Um, you know, these are just things you come to learn to manage when you're a celebrity in the in that sort of scene, right? And I'm not sure if you noticed that I uh, I ran the same gag as last time. I said, "Essay uh, angler rates my writing more than our English teachers." Yes, I did see you recycle that gag, and uh, unfortunately, that hasn't resonated with the listeners. But that's all right. Maybe third time round. It might get a few laughs out of out of uh, <laughs> out of the out of the listeners. But yes, yeah, certainly make sure you do keep in contact with us on the socials, Diz. And ideally, we won't have to do any research or any thought into the fishing report because all we'll have to do is open up our uh, Facebook and Instagram, and you'll all be telling us where you're catching fish. Absolutely, mate. That's the absolute dream. And um, look, just before we do wrap up this episode, it would be absolutely remiss of us not to. Uh, get on to the tackle item and I might leave this one up to you mate because I'm certainly no expert in the cray diving scene. Uh, yeah it is you're certainly not and uh, I'm going to talk about the two different options because there was a bit of debate on the boat about which one is better. So you've got the longer noose that uh, the traditional sort of crayfish snare that goes around the back of the cray and you pull it over the, over the tail and then let it go, and it hooks around the crayfish's tail. So that's the longer snare. 
And then you have the uh, the more the gun style one, Diz, that this is what Jack was using and him and his family, Jack and Ben, they swear by these ones. Uh, the shorter gun ones that go over the antenna and onto the horn of the crate and grabs them from the front. So it's the longer one from the back or the gun style from the front. I've always used the back noose, but I don't know why. I just have. But I would be very keen for anyone else out there, any of our listeners, we're going to do a bit of a poll here, dears. We might even get this up on uh, another Instagram poll. We'll throw back to the uh, green or pink beads question that I asked previously. Uh, I'd be interested in any feedback from any of our listeners as to what style of crayfish noose or snare you use and why. So that's my question I'm going to leave you with, Diz. I think they've both got their pros and cons. Uh, The one that goes around the back that I've been using can probably get deeper into some of the holes, maybe. Maybe not. I think I would struggle with the gun-style one to slip it over the antenna without bumping the crayfish and scaring them off. Maybe I'm a clumsy diver. I don't know. Well, uh, you know, I think we would be best just to follow basically Jack and Ben's advice. Uh, well, they're using the gun style and I'm not, so... They're certainly better than you. Mm. I caught more Craven Jack last week. I'll <laughs> let you know. Uh, and I think he might have even admitted like it this Jack time. I think Jack might have admitted that I was the premier diver on this occasion, which is rare. Oh, my goodness me. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is lucky that you don't have anyone to corroborate your story. I took the biggies this time, Diz. I'm certainly not buying it. But um, see if Pez or Jack or anyone chirps up with some confirmation that I caught the most and the biggest craze. Jeez, there. We'll, we'll leave it at that, I reckon, Brody. It's been good to chat with you. Of course, uh, glad that I'm not there face-to-face uh, with you breathing a bit of crumb over me. I'm not interested in that. But... Uh, I thought we did quite well. Yeah, look, the technology worked. I only interrupted you about seven times, but apart from that, we are all good and hopefully we'll be face-to-face in a fortnight. That sounds good. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya. Rody and Diz hope you enjoyed today's episode of All The Gear But No Idea. Keep up to date by liking and sharing us on Facebook and Instagram. And you can subscribe on all the major podcast platforms. Until next time, good luck fishing.